we are still in the second samuel and in the second samuel what we are doing we are not just tracing the history of david we are tracing god we are tracing god and how he is faithful to his own very people and what we see here is a history of an anointed man by god in the hands of god and for god to fulfill all his purposes and promises for his own people so david was an instrument just an instrument uh, in in god's hand to 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 bring about all that god has desired for his own people uh, he is the king and he is not only overseeing uh, the political affairs of israel but also the cultic system the worship system uh making sure that god's people are honoring god in 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 their worship and also in their relationships uh so th- we have seen how this was coming under real threat uh, many times uh, first uh, uh by samuel and we have seen that how samuel i mean sorry uh, saul and how saul failed because david was relying on god and we have seen this also how um even um, uh, absalom or absalom absalom uh, tried even to overthrow his father uh, because he was envious he wanted the throne for no reasons there was no any reasons why he should have done what he did to challenge his father well david had to struggle with that <laughs> so much but god in his faithfulness uh, and david also his own personal failure and sin falling into sin with best shaba so it was just so terrible and every sin has consequences but we have seen how god in his faithfulness and i think that was um what i was starting off with saying king david avoided destruction from absalom but he is not out of the wood you see he 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 came out from that and uh, because he was so weak and that was after really he fell into that sin god could have struck him down but god shown him mercy uh, so his kingdom continues to face challenges of many uh, not on absaloms and others so but there are still in the kingdom envious and ambitious men who want the throne of israel desperately at any cost you see just imagine look you are doing something and people just like trying they don't know what you are at they don't understand the 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 office of kingship so so but they want that they were envious but they they were not aware that king david did not assume the kingship through power or or man's appointments but he was called and anointed by god himself the true king of his own people the king of israel god yahweh himself and i suspect in many cases or in many ways we as christians live in a very dangerous world where our lives seem at times to be uh, under threat we would just go on doing what is so wonderful exciting we'll be on fire to bring glory to our lord jesus christ and we will run with our anointing and somehow we will come against real walls of oppositions and hatred some people would just speak words into our face words that are unkind uh, kind of attitudes and things like that with nothing you've done on other t- on other hands as well you are as a frail person human being 
sinful only saved by grace you have fallen into your own sins as well and but god in his goodness if you turn to him in repentance like king david himself who cried out only against you lord my god i have sinned wash me clean so he cried he repented just like that so we we are not out of the woods but we have a faithful god and we have seen this we see this in this text god faithfulness to his covenant is it encouraging to you today that you don't focus on your own problems whether are outside or from within we have a god who is so gracious and if we turn to him in repentance and faith he will raise us up he will wash us clean and we will be white as snow blameless not sinless but repenting of our sins blameless before god because we have rejected these sins and we have refused this and we have condemned ourselves before god because christ gave himself and we cannot trample upon this grace of our lord jesus christ it is so foolish to go against this clear demonstration of the love of god that he should sacrifice his only son that whoever believes will not come to judgment or will not perish but will have everlasting life and in the process will know the presence of the holy spirit will know the sweetness of the word of god that like uh, we we read um uh in in i think it's in jeremiah have tested your words you see <laughs> they are sweet in my mouth and then they turn our hearts uh, into real fire you see because they burns in us for god righteousness if we have come to this knowledge we will be desiring like isaiah to speak of christ and to be departing from sin and so forth so uh, i encourage us all to really see the fact that um uh when we face troubles of many kinds the lord is has promised that he will not leave us and that he will be with us and we have countless of of texts that exhort us to trust you see to trust jesus himself came and come to me saying come to me you are weak and heavy laden and i will give you rest put my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am meek and gentle and you find rest to your soul our sins might have consequences but if we truly seek the lord we will be able even with all the things that we have done in the past we will be able also to finish this journey with god now i'm saying this because king david has done this and now he is facing the consequences and yet even with that god is with him that is why one of the worst and the false teaching that if you have fallen into one mistake one problem one sin is finished is not the truth it's not the truth god didn't save us to leave us on the road he knows that we are weak jesus died for our sins past present and future it's only when we dwell, when we live in sin that might be an evidence that we have not come because the bible says that a sinner cannot continue in his sin a righteous man cannot continue in sin even if because that is what the bible says if we say there is we have not sinned we are we are lying and there is the truth is not in us but if we confess our sins 
He is faithful. The consequences might be great. You might be denied great blessings even in your journey. But you can never lose coming before the throne of God if you have truly repented as a child of God who has come to faith. So David, although, although he penned, he, is, he fell into sin. But God is faithful. Now let us see in this text, and I, I will be brief. I, I really read it thoroughly, and I, I'm giving you a summary under headings. So you see the titles Sheba, uh, Sheba, and a wise woman. Uh, uh, Sheba is described here as a wicked man or a troublemaker. In verse one of chapter twenty. Uh, this man, like Absalom, is going to challenge David. So Sheba, he wanted to pose a threat. And so by rebelling against the king of Israel, King David, then you read that in verse 1 to 2. Uh, now a troublemaker named Sheba, son of Bekri, a Benjamite, happened to be there. He sounded the trumpet and shouted, We have no share in David, no part in Jesse's sons. Every man to his stand. O Israel. So who is this man? Sheba was a son of Bikri of the family of, of Besha, the son of Benjamin, and thus of the tribe of Benjamin. So he is uh, a descendant of, of Saul. So he thought uh, to, or he said to himself, or he thought of himself as the legitimate successor after Saul's demise. So that was what he was trying to do. So he exerted pressure on the ten tribes to desert David. That was what he was trying to do. And so he was like trying to turn people away from King David. And so that was a dangerous move that was not going to be good for David. Because in this rivalry, anyone can lose their lives, isn't it? So it's a matter of survival. You see, and we see King David now, he will not be reluctant like with Absalom. But he is like feeling the pressure. Now and he will have to rise up. So all the men of Israel deserted David. So that is what we see. So all the men in chapter 2, verse 2. So all the men of Israel deserted David to follow Sheba, son of Bikri. But the men of Judah stayed by their king all the way from the Jordan to Jerusalem. So now there is a divide. There will be a rivalry. So, so now what, what is going to happen? So King David has to respond and his response is, is very interesting here. And, and, and it's something that we need to pay attention to. Uh, whenever we have troubles, and so how are we going to do? What is the entry into responding to challenges and problems and troubles that we face? And King David in this text is help, helping us to have a bit of understanding into how we can respond to things, <laughs> to threats and to challenges. Well, the first things he did... When he, when he realized there is something like this, he decided to consecrate, consecrate himself. He consecrated himself. He realizes that he needs to humble himself before the Lord so that the Lord may help him out. You see, that is a good beginning. Like if you are ever going to overcome and to be really to come before God, uh, so you need to humble yourself and consecrate yourself. If you are ever going to see God coming into your problem with a mighty power and with a decisive, really, presence that will 
vindicate you. That will comfort you. That will be a proof of the fact that he has come to your aid. So, how do, and this is not the first practice uh, ever to, for us to see. Uh, we, we have a situation in, in, um, in Joshua 3. Joshua 3, when the people of God were crossing over uh, to the promised land from the other part side of Jordan. Chapter 3, early in the morning, Joshua and the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the, throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying, carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. There is no true believer who truly humbled themselves before God. That God will not come and really speak to them in their trouble. That is our confidence. This is the nature and the character of our God. And so King David, this is what he did. And, and what happens, like he was a man indulging himself in, uh, in worldly pleasures as a king. So he had ten con concubines. So when he returned and he realized that there was some problems, so he returned to his palace in Jerusalem. He took the ten concubines. Concubines he had left to take care of of the palace and put them in a house under guard. He provided for them but did not lie with them. They were kept in confinement till the day of their death living as widows. So if they were living as widows, so he was living like a dead man, isn't it? So he departed completely from worldly pleasures. And so he just cut himself off so to see God, so that God can come like what we read in Joshua. And do amazing things in his midst. So that was one of the beginning of his response. And so also what he did, he called one of the eight. So this is a plan, a master plan. So he got these plans again. And then he called this man, applying the biblical truth, um, uh, one of his f uh, followers. Uh, his name was Amasa in verse 4. Uh, he summoned this man, man uh, he, uh, then he, the king said to Amasa, summon the men of Judah to come to me within three days. And that is to show if they have come in three days, he will know that these people are, he has many people uh, for him. You see? So that is what he is trying to do. And this man was going to delay for the time that was he set. And so this man didn't come. And then he counted him to be against him as well. And so the first man to be killed was this man, Amasa. Amasa was going to be killed because he, he did not obey. He took longer than he should. But David interpreted that as a betrayal. That maybe he deserted him to Sheba, the wicked man. And that is from 4 to 10. And David he was doing all these things because he was aware that uh, horse 
is made ready for the day of the battle, but victory rests with the Lord himself. So Joab pursued Amasa until he, was, he killed him. And then he went on, they, and then they, they warned the people, whoever, uh, whoever rebels will face the same fate. Uh, so, so that is what they said. Um, after they killed this man, and people were fearful what to do, and so one of Job's men stood beside Amasa as he was lying in his blood. And then he said, whoever favors Job and whoever is for David, let him follow Job. Amasa lay wallowing in his blood in the middle of the road. And the men saw that all the troops came to a halt. So, yeah, so that was the case and people were fearful and, and yet... They decided to put him away. They pulled him out. After Amasa had been removed from the road, all the men went on with Joab to pursue Sheba, son of Bakri. So now we have this side of history. So this man was running for his life. Sheba went through all the tribes of Israel, and then he gained their, uh, their support. And now <laughs> we see that uh, Joab was relentless with his men. They want to put this to death, uh, to, to an end. Because David really said to them, like, this is very dangerous. Uh, we need to put this to an end. Because if we don't do this, this will be worse than the threat of Absalom. So that was what King David said. He said we need to, to do this. Uh, in verse 6, David said to Abishai, Now Sheba, son of Bekri, will do us more harm than Absalom did. You see? Absalom already has done harm, but this man was going to do more harm. So um, let us see the other side, how really God is going to save the other the city, because they, uh, Joab has seized the, the city. Uh, in verse 15, all the troops with Joab came and besieged Sheba in Abel Beth Makkah. They built a siege ramp up to the city, and it stood against the outer fortification while they were battering the wall to bring it down. While they were doing that, while they were doing what there was a wise woman. This wise woman was contrasted with this wicked man. A wicked man and a wise woman. Do we see that God is faithful? God, is, God will honor faithfulness and wisdom even if from a woman. And so, <laughs> you see, that is, that is what we see here. We see God is impartial. He treats all his children and he endows them with wisdom equally. We might have different rules. And I was tempted to, in the next few months to come, to preach about the daughters of Sarah and the sons of Abraham. And so we need to be men, uh, godly men, uh, like Abraham's. And our sisters, the women, need to be like daughters of, 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 of Sarah. To who was calling her husband master. You see, well, God is, because you have been endowed wisdom. And to be able to say that as a woman, uh, that is a great wisdom. And God will honor that and you will be uh, blessed. And this woman, certainly, even her name was not given. But this wicked man's name was given to us. And as if we are not to be, this man is not to be an example to us as men. But here, her name was not given, this woman, because every woman is called to be like this wise woman. You see, 
But this man's name is, is, is mentioned. But this lady is like the Samaritan woman. You see women at the wells. And so the Bible has this. And whenever the name is not mentioned, it's something amazing. It's God saying, this person is humble. He's not, he doesn't care about his name. All that he cares is to honor me. We have seen this a lot in the Bible. So whenever the name is not mentioned, so it's just incredible. It gives more weight uh, to the history. It's to speak of the withdrawal of the person and God coming forth shining in the history. And we should all be like that. There is wisdom in this. Not I, but the Lord. You see, and not to really feel the picture. In every picture, you see, we need Christ to shine. We need the Lord Jesus to take all the glory. Uh, when I was coming out here as a, uh, uh, to Australia as a migrant, uh, leaving a ministry behind, a very vibrant ministry, uh, uh, exceptionally um, um, uh, endowed with grace and with the work of God, it was a struggle to leave, but nevertheless. And there were other things I was struggling with because, okay, I just decided to come out. But some of my friends, they were wearing gold uh, neck necklaces, isn't it? So I was tempted, like, really to buy one and to wear. And so I went to the shop and I saw that it was not ex that expensive. And so I bought it. And so, and then I kept it with me. And then the first week I came here, I was wearing it. And then suddenly people were just like really looking at the, the goal. And they were, they were commenting how it was so nice. It was just like a small part. But it was exceptionally beautiful. And then I realized what I was doing. You see, so people were not paying attention to anything else but to the goal that I was wearing. And then I pulled it off and I put it in an envelope and I sent it all the way to USA to my younger sister who was doing high school that year. That time she was in year 11. Well, the Lord wants us to do this. And now this woman, a wise woman, that she came out in verse 6. A wise woman, a wise woman, a wise woman called from the city. Verse 16. And he said to, to Job, listen, listen. Tell Job to come here. So I can speak to him. To listen, so that he might have ears to discern, this might be the voice of the Lord. There might be wisdom that is from above. And if you are a man of God, uh, fulfilling God's purposes, you will listen to me, definitely. You will not uh, just as a woman. You say, no. God is going to use this woman to save a city. Because this woman is making amazing claims if they are investigated and found to be really not true, so this woman would have made really terrible mistakes by claiming things that are not right. She could lose her life. Because just imagine if Job didn't see that this is from God. So she will die and the whole city will die. That is why she called out twice. And whenever there is a repetition of the word in Hebrews, that means this is very important. Listen, listen. Tell Job to come here. Just, wow, a woman bold enough. So she might have a great wisdom from heaven. A wisdom that no one can resist. She's given a wisdom that Job could not resist. And Jesus said to his disciple, he said, whenever you have troubles, make up your minds. 
Not worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Luke 15, 14 to 15 is the truth for us in our day today. And so this woman, he said, listen to me. Uh, he went toward her and she asked, are you Job? Are you Job? Job must have been trembling because there was the presence of God. Are you Job? So not the captain of uh, the armies of the king of Israel. Are you Job? Are you a child of God? Are you a believer in Israel? Will you hear God? Will you hear God? Are you truly an instrument in God's hands? Job. Or are you coming for your selfish ambitions? Are you going to go against God? Because God has decided to save his own people. Even though this wicked man has acted this way, they were victims of this man. But I'm going to hold this man accountable, but I'm going to save my own people. You see, these people were in Samaria. And Samaria in Hebrew is Shamrom. And Shamrom means, comes from word Shamir, to keep. And they call themselves true keepers of the word of God. You see, they were righteous people in, in, in Israel. They were not completed. Otherwise, God wouldn't send them prophets to speak to them and call them my people to turn to me. The 12 tribes, you need to remember. God loved them all. They had differences over how to run the, 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 the empire or the kingdom. But they were all equal. It's just like Christian today being divided over small things. But they are all converted. I got a young man in a family, connected to our family. He went overseas, boop. He came back on fire, this young boy. But he came back through unlikely, really, fellowship or group that we find it so difficult to cope with. The Seventh-day Adventists. But this boy, he has his testimony his own. He was going astray in this land of Australia. He was going to involve in drugs and other things. And then God touched him and converted. Now there's nothing else for him to do just to praise Jesus and to read the Bible. And he said to me, he prays three days, three times a day. I say to myself, well, it's good in this nation to have a routine. Because otherwise, all of us, we are failing to pray if this young man is keeping this. So this woman, this wise woman, said, Job... Are you a child of God? Are you going to listen? Are you Job? I am he. I am he answered. I am Job. I am, I am in God's hand. I will do whatever God wants me to do today. I am listening. This is what he said. I am, I am he answered. She said, listen to what your servant has to say. I am listening, he said. I am listening. There is willingness here from Job's side to listen. And this woman honored him and said, I am your servant. If you are Job, a child of God, a commander in God's people, and you are coming to excuse God's judgment, I am your servant. I will serve you and today I will not only serve you uh, with my own wisdom, but I will bring to you a wisdom from above. I will bring to you a wisdom from God. So this is incredible, isn't it? This is just like a brother being counseled by a brother or a sister. You see, 
it's very important that we listen. God may rescue us through the counsel of our brothers and our sisters who love the Lord completely, surely, truly. So let us not be moved away by what other people say, but let us discern the voice of the Lord to us. And then she continued to say, long ago they used to say, get your answer at Abel, and that settled it. We are the peaceful. This is incredible. This is, this is incredible. She gave these descriptions. We are the peaceful and the faithful in Israel. <laughs> wow. It's just like Hezekiah, isn't it? In Isaiah 39. There was no one ever prayed like King Hezekiah. This man prayed. He received the news that he was going to die. I think it's 38. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the world and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholeheartedly, wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And God said, true. It's just like this woman. Is the Lord not saying, it is true, you are peaceful. You are peaceful. There are remnants in this city. We are the peaceful and the faithful in Israel. We are a city that is a mother in Israel. We are a city that brings comforts to God's people. Like a mother. We nurture. We serve. We give birth. To the people of Israel. Like Leah and Rahal. Both who built the nation of Israel. That was the praise of the people. When Ruth was acquired by Boaz. And became a wife to him. And when the people realized. That was what happened. They, they, they prayed and they wished her well. And they say may this woman. May this woman. Then the elders and all those at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. Together they built up the house of Israel. And this woman saying, We are the city that is nurturing and, and helping uh, the people of Israel. We are the Lord Lord's inheritance. What a claim. And so, and, and Joab cannot resist these words. He couldn't refute these words. And then this woman gave a counsel, and, she, and after he said, she said this, We are, why do you want to swallow up the Lord's inheritance? Far be it from me. 
I'm a child of God. I'm Job. Far be it from me to swallow up or destroy. That is not the case. A man named Sheba, sons of Bikri, from the hill country of Ephraim, has lifted up his hand against the king, against David, the anointed one of God. Hand him over to us. Hand over this man. Uh, that is verse 20. Hand over this man, and I will withdraw from the city. The woman said to Job, his head will be thrown to you from the wall. Again, this woman, she went with her wisdom to convince men of great stature in the city. This woman was an instrument in God's hand that day. The Bible says that the woman went. Then the woman went to all the people with her wise advice. And they cut off the head of Sheba, son of Bekri, and throw it to Joab. So he sounded the trumpets, and his men dispersed from the city, each returning to his home, and Job went back to the king in Jerusalem. The dispute settled through the wisdom of this woman, a wise woman. To finish, if we turn to James, chapter 4. Chapter 4. If we turn to James, chapter, chapter 3, 13 to 18, we come to see this wisdom of this woman at display. This wisdom is described to us. This wisdom does not come down from, uh, uh, it's coming down from heaven, definitely. But it's not like the wisdom of Sheba, isn't it? Uh, it's not like the wisdom of that man who was leading the people to be destroyed. Sheba, his wisdom was not from heaven. But is earthly, was unspiritual, was seeking self or self-seeking wisdom of the devil, you see, because he wanted to become the king himself. But the wisdom of this woman uh, comes from heaven, verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, didn't seek her own safety, but even the safety of the people of God. So this woman, she took courage. To do that. That could have been a man. But God raised her up. You see to come. God gave her that insight. And then she came. And gave that wisdom. And is first of all pure. Then peace loving. So wanting to save the city. Wanting no bloodshed. And that is God's heart. Isn't it? And especially among his own children. You see, it's very sad when you see if in places where there is war between people of the same country in South Sudan, you have generals being killed, Jacob, James, and then the, the other high-ranking were like Peter and Simon and John. And they were the leaders who were fighting, killing each other, and they are Christians. And then you have Christian funerals where God is praised and glorified. It's, that is what we see here. God didn't want to see that. He calls his own people to be in unity with one another and to advance the kingdom of God. And that is why you see you go through Paul letters. He exhorts his, 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 his people to live in unity and in peace with one another. And so this woman was doing this. So this was submissive. He says like this wisdom is submissive. 
So you submit to the kingship, to the authority that God has plans. And then if you are instrument in God's hands, he will raise you up to do something. And each in his own calling, this woman was certainly used by God and her name is in the book of life. It's in this book forevermore will be read by wise people. And you see, so it's submissive. She was saying, she said, I'm the Lord persons um, um, and we are children of God and we have not rebelled against our God. We love the Lord herself. Why should we be killed? We are the Lord's inheritance. And this woman, she was so submissive, full of mercy. She said, full of mercy for God's people. But of course, you could see this wisdom also is from heavens. He was not sympathetic with Sheba, isn't it? They cut his head. It's a gruesome act, isn't it? <laughs> it's terrible. But because she's a righteous woman, you see, she's full of mercy for those who are following the Lord. And that is our task. Our greatest interest is with God's people. We want their well-being. We want them to continue serving our God, bringing praises to Him, serving Him wholeheartedly, winning souls, and being the light of this world. This is our first interest. This is in the first place. These are the people who are called to nurture and to, and to care for and to advance their well-being, and to support them across the oceans, wherever they might be found. They are our sisters and brothers. They are the Lord's inheritance with us together. And so we shall seek their well-being. Like this woman, we are God's people. And this wisdom is impartial and is sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. What an amazing act of this woman. We have a wicked man, but we have a wise woman. For our God will save us uh, through any means, through his faithful children who are willing to receive wisdom from heavens. What are you doing? Are you open to God's mercy, to God's wisdom that you might be like this woman to be a great blessing? among God's people. Can we learn also that it is not godly to challenge to challenge God anointed God's servant for no reason just only for our personal ambitions. David himself he demonstrated this he said how can he touch Saul the anointed of God himself? Any child of God doesn't have to be a minister, just as a Christian, even if it's a child. You see, that is why Jesus was protecting his children. He said, Let the children come to me, come to me. You see, so that we are not. And he said, Whoever causes these young followers of me sin, he said, He will face terrible judgment. So God is so serious about this. So he wants us to submit to the orders that he has in place. And we will not run out of blessings. Maybe he will, we will be raised to be the very instruments that will bless God's people like this woman. And today we come around the table 
Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God himself who came into this world and did not seek his own righteousness, his own will, but he humbled himself so that we, through his sacrifice, might be redeemed. That is the great wisdom of God. He didn't seek his own comfort. He served. He didn't come to be served, but to serve and give himself as a ransom. He kept himself from sin. And he didn't assume the equality with God as something to hold to, but he emptied himself. Like this woman, he just, she didn't sit behind adorned with jewelry and beauty, but she stepped out. <laughs> she endangered his life. Just imagine if Job was not a God's in God's hand, a man in, under God's anointing. She would be the first person to, to face the judgment. Oh, you are the same, head off, marching. No, God didn't do that. Sheba and a wise woman. And today is a great opportunity for us to reflect on the table as we come uh, shortly. Let us remember to consecrate ourselves and to repent of our sins. If we have sought our own desires, if we have not dealt with even our parents gently, if we have not submitted to the orders of God, even as husband, if we have not loved our wives as, we, as Christ did, we are to repent. If our wives did not submit as daughters of, of Sarah, they should also repent because they are invited to be wise like this woman. So at times we look to them. Sometimes we as men, we sit and we look to our wives like, is there any lunch or dinner or, or something? See, they, 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 they are our helpers. And in many ways. So let us uh, follow the word of God. And let us learn this wisdom. Uh, let us humble ourselves. And let us look to God. Who will always come and give us all that we need. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask from God. Who gives generously. Let us pray.